Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. You who are my my spiritual family, my brothers and sisters, gather together in our Savior God's name. It's not as if you need me to remind you of this, but I'm simply going to say technology is truly amazing. All you need to do is spit. Or a swab of the cheek, collect the results, send them in the mail, and within a matter of weeks, you can have your complete DNA history. And you guys know exactly what I'm talking about because it's become such a popular thing, whether it's 23andMe or Ancestry.com or I think there's at least one or two other ones out there, this, this idea that you can find out some of the long-lost history that goes into you being you, into your parents, into your grandparents, your great-grandparents, your genealogy, where it is you came from, and you can start to understand better how you became who you are. Technology is amazing because inside all of us is that DNA that's been compiled and goes into making you exactly who you are and whether you're satisfied with every aspect of it or not, it's your identity. There have been some heartwarming stories out there about how 23andMe or Ancestry or other companies have allowed for people to rediscover friends and, I shouldn't say friends, family that they never knew they had, or to discover mysteries that now have been solved, long-lost inheritances that have been waiting for the next person in the family line, only for the person to discover that they, in fact, have that DNA and they belong to that family. So popular are they now that it's becoming a pretty common Christmas gift or birthday gift to allow someone to find out more about who they are. And this is what I want you to think about. I am all in favor of finding out as much as you can, if that is your intent, about your DNA. But this morning, you don't need to spit or have someone swab your cheek to come face to face with who you truly are. And if you want to use the phrase spiritual DNA, you can. But if you simply are willing to let Scripture speak, and I think you are, as we go through this section of Romans chapter 5, Paul is going to peel back one of the greatest mysteries of all time, which is how you got to be you in a spiritual sense and then what Christ is going to do about it. And as always, grace is going to win. I'm going to read to you from Romans chapter 5. 
starting with verse 12. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all men, because all sinned. For before the law was given, sin was in the world, but sin is not taken into account when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who was a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Again, the gift of God is not like the result of the one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Consequently, just as the result of one trespass was condemnation for all men, so also the result of one act of righteousness was justification that brings life for all men. For just as through the disobedience of the one, of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. The law was added so that the trespass might increase. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's the Word of God. The Apostle Paul knows what he is writing about and the direction he is trying to take. And he wants to get it all there in front of the Romans as they're reading this letter and being exposed to God's good and gracious will. And so last week, the Apostle Paul went to great lengths to to remind the Romans that they could have peace of mind and security even in the midst of troubles. Why? Because they are standing in God's grace. That same comforting thought that you and I have when we know that through faith in Christ, we stand in God's grace even when we endure challenges in this world. And having assured the Romans of that and having assured you and me of that, Paul wants to now do a comparison game. He wants to compare and contrast a little bit the original spiritual DNA that we had been handed and our new identity in Christ. And so how does he do that? He takes us all the way back to the beginning. He takes us all the way back to the beginning and he says, I want you to do some family research. And he spells out 
Just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all men. See, Paul just allowed things to get real serious real fast. He allowed things to escalate to the point where he's just pulling all of his punches and he's saying, let's just take a look at something that happened that changed the course of history, but also changed your spiritual DNA from the very beginning. And it has to do with the word death. Because what we can do is we can go back to Genesis and we can do our due diligence. We can read the account of Adam and Eve and in the Garden of Eden And as you're going through Adam and Eve living in paradise, Adam and Eve walking with God, we also will see that one phrase that sticks out when God gave Adam and Eve the command to not eat of that tree. And the phrase was this, if you eat of the tree, you will surely die. You see, that was a completely unnatural thought. For one who has perfect spiritual DNA, for one who can trace their DNA straight back to the Creator Himself, created in righteousness and perfection, death makes no sense because death is separation. You will surely die. And yet you know how that account in Eden ended. And now the Apostle Paul is telling us in vivid detail without sending our results or receiving our results from from Ancestry or 23andMe, he's telling us with very vivid detail what the consequence of an altered DNA, spiritually speaking, is just as sin entered the world through one man, and we know that Adam and Eve both died. And death came through sin, and in this way death came to all men. And again, we have history to prove that for generation after generation has passed away. And we get to our generation and we think that we're going to be different. But we don't. In fact, one of the reasons why we're so fascinated with DNA testing is because we wish that we could get in touch with those who lived before us and yet are so interrelated to us, but they're no longer with us. Because death is now just a part of life, but it's an unnatural part of God's creation and yet so natural now for a fallen world. And we can't escape it because of our DNA. Okay, talking about some pretty serious stuff. So let's just lighten the mood for a second by allowing yourselves to come to this realization. We like to call out drama queens around us. Some of you have kids in the family who are drama kings, drama queens, you know, the ones that exaggerate everything because they'll walk home from the first day of school and they'll say, this is the worst day of my life. You know what it is to have a drama queen in the house. And how often we like to exaggerate truths. The Apostle Paul is not exaggerating. 
when he uses such blanket statements such as, death came to all men because all sinned. It almost sounds like we want to say, okay, Paul, back off. We get it. You're trying to make a point. And Paul's saying, I don't think you get it. We have this problem, and the problem has been handed to us from generations and generations, and you will pass it off to the next generation too. Your spiritual DNA is sinful. Yes, I told you that you are standing in grace. Yes, I told you that you can have every confidence. But in order for you to truly understand that, realize this, that your spiritual DNA since the fall of sin way back in Eden has been so corrupt that you are born into this world knowing that there will be an end date, an expiration date. Death has become a reality for us. And that's not something we particularly like to think about. And so serious of an issue as it is, the Apostle Paul, who's not into exaggerating, he uses some very picturesque verbs in this section. Did you catch them? A couple of different times, he doesn't just say that death exists or that death is present in our lives. He uses the word reigns, not as in raining, falling from the sky, but reign as in a ruler is in complete control. And so he says, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses. And he goes on to talk about how it continues to reign today because of the sin that is such a part of our DNA now. That word reigning just reminds us that we are the poor subjects. We are the victims. And yes, as victims are prone to do, we have now become the aggressors as well. Because as victims of original sin, now we have thumbed our noses at God and what we regularly like to do is we like to go on the offensive against God and we're going to say, we are born into this world sinful, but now I'm going to show you just how sinful I am. And we try to do things our own way. But don't worry. The Apostle Paul is painting a bleak picture because he wants us to get to the point of showing ourselves that this reign of terror that our sinful nature has over us, it's never something that we could ever overcome on our own. In fact, we'll simply capitulate, give in, and allow it to run its course. But remember why Paul is writing. He wants to remind you that grace wins. And there is a way for this reign of terror to come to an end. There is a way for the fear of death to be wiped out. There is a way for our spiritual DNA to once again become restored, whole, right before our God. And so how's it going to be? He goes on to say, consequently, in verse 18, Just as the result of one trespass was condemnation for all men, 
so also the result of one act of righteousness was justification that brings life for all men. You see what Paul's doing here, right? He's saying grace is going to win through a great exchange. And so what we're going to exchange is Adam and all of his descendants and all of the spiritually corrupted sin-filled DNA that we have received, we're going to exchange that for Christ. Because just as the act of one man could put this world into a tailspin, so also the act of another man, the perfect man, the God-man, Jesus the Christ, he can undo that all. And he has. And so if you want to think in terms of this this incredible illustration, just put it in your mind. You have the swap going on. You have the exchange going on. You have the trade going on. And it looks like we're taking God, we're taking advantage of God, but God's saying, no, this is exactly what I've always wanted. I'm going to hand you my son. And by his act of righteousness, his act of coming to this world and performing and carrying out the task of doing everything perfectly on your behalf and then laying his life on the line for you, you can claim that as your own and let him take your garbage, your sin. And as a result, I will now view you as righteous in my sight. Grace wins because of the great exchange, Christ's life has overcome Adam's fall. Which brings us to today. In our search for an identity, whereas it may be fun to uncover long lost distant relatives, and it may be interesting to find out where our geographic ancestors came from. Today we rediscover something that's even much more important. And that is that spiritually, we have a new father. Spiritually speaking, we have a new family. Spiritually speaking, we have been taken from a situation of sin and been put in a situation of grace. We have a future, whereas we used to not have any hope. How does Paul end these phrases? He says, where sin increases, grace increased all the more, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There's a new king in town. That's exactly what Paul wants you to end. There's a new king in town. The the death that was reigning over all things and thumbing his nose at God and making us fear judgment has been replaced and it's replaced with grace. Grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The exchange is complete and that grace in which we now stand continues to remind us of the new ruler in our hearts 
the one who gave his life for us, the one who paid for sin, and the one who has now given us the peace we so eagerly awaited. And so as you leave here today, be confident of your new heritage, your new identity, your new position before God. Spiritually, you are one with Christ because of his work on your behalf. May God give you confidence in your identity. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, may it guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus our Lord. Amen.